0: Welcome to the Stay Hot Podcast, 10th Region Weekly with Evan Denison. And we're going to do something a little bit different tonight. You know, we've been doing, focusing on teams, their games, the players, and the week. But now we've come to the postseason, and we're going to focus on each district and talk about who we think can win and what the teams need to do to win. And Evan, to be honest with you, um, I can't believe the season went by this fast. It seems like just yesterday we were talking on the phone and kind of putting this together
1: and talk about wanting to do it, and now we're district tournament time 12 weeks i mean that's how long the 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 regular season is this year you know we went week one and kept it kept it rolling from there and and here we are i mean you know well and i want to take this time to
0: you know not only thank you but thank the people who uh you know listen to us because our our numbers continue to grow weekly we continue to get new listeners and uh you know, that just kind of keeps me excited want me to continue to do it because if people are out there listening and enjoying it, it just makes it that much more fun for me. But, um, you know, when I coached, these 12 weeks didn't go by this fast. You know, now that I'm on this side of it, kind of getting to watch games and, you know, talking to you about games each week, it seems like that 12 weeks flew by. But, um, you know, the 10th region kind of had a, one of those weeks where everybody, you know – it's kind of strange because you talk to some coaches, they don't like to play the week before districts because they want to focus on their opponent and they want to game prep and practice that week. And then you got other coaches who like to play two or three games, you know, in the week leading up to district. So, um, but, you know, first let's talk about, we want to congratulate Brighton County head coach Adam Reed and Robertson County senior Justin Becker. They were announced I believe Friday as the uh, KABC Coach of the Year as well as KABC Player of the Year. Um, Both will be recognized at the state tournament, I believe, on March 20th. I also think um, what most people don't realize, though, is with Justin being named KABC Player of the Year, it also makes him a finalist for Mr. Basketball. And I believe Mr. Basketball will be announced on March 20th at the Lexington Griffin Gate. So an exciting time for the 10th region. You know, I know we've talked about in the past, we feel like there were two coaches who um, had a legit chance to win the Coach of the Year Award. Either Josh Cook or Adam Reed would be appropriate choices. Both have had remarkable seasons. And then, you know, when you look at seniors and the KBC being a senior-only award, I really believe Justin was the only choice or logical choice considering his numbers, not only for a career but also for a senior season. So congrats to those two guys.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you start with Adam – you know, they went 8-20 and 20 last year. This year they're 21-8. and eight And breaking down barriers, that was kind of my title I had made for them. And recapping their season with the district tournament preview I did for the 39th. And just uh, the barriers they were able to break down. 21 wins is their most since the 1972-73 season. You know, you look at the All-A title, their first since 1998 in the 10th region. And, uh, you know, they're just breaking things down. And then also an All-A state tournament win. So you factor those those three milestones that they've already hit this season. Uh, you could label it a storybook season already. And, you know, I still think they've got some noise left in them uh, here as we approach the postseason to add to that accolade list. So it's it's, it's been a good time in Brooksville for those guys. And, uh, you know, uh, it definitely paid off for Adam, year three for him, the, year, the turnaround that he's had. You know, they were 20-game losers their, their first two first two seasons and had a lot of growing up and maturity to do. And I'll be honest, I thought they were still a year away. I think they're a year ahead of schedule. Uh, the majority of that lineup of the eight guys, uh, six of the eight are, are all juniors and lower. So, young team still, going to be around for a while. And then you look at Justin, uh, his numbers obviously just speak for themselves. And not only with numbers with Justin, is just, you know, a high-character kid um you know you always see him you know being complimentary of everybody and just a great teammate and that's you know even throughout this whole year of of being hounded double triple team whatever you want to call it um he's always given credit to his guys around him uh for his success and and what he's been able to do throughout his career uh one of eight players all time to hit 3,000 points 1,100 rebounds that just again speaks for itself And, and you know he's a serious candidate for for Mr. Basketball I believe with this year's senior class. So that's going to be an interesting discussion, you know, what will happen over the next, you know, couple of weeks in terms of how that plays out. But, uh, you know, a great season, a great career for, for Justin Becker and very, very worthy of the honor. So uh, very, very happy for
0: him. And, you know, kind of touch on what you said about Coach Reed and Bracken County. I totally agree. I think they're a year ahead of schedule. But, you know, he uses the hashtag a lot on social media Hashtag culture matters. And I think that's one of the reasons why they're having the success they're having um, early is I think he's changed the, the culture and the mindset of those kids from the last couple of years. And, you know, knowing Adam my whole life, um, he's never been scared to play anybody anywhere and always confident in his abilities. And I think that mindset has trickled down to his team. And when you watch those guys play, you can kind of tell they're playing with confidence and, you know, they're going out there giving it all they got, you know, this past week played Ashland or, you know, an overtime game at Ashland. And, you know, that's never easy to do. And that's just a good tune-up I think for what he's going to face in the district tournament this week. So, um, but you mentioned breaking down barriers. You'll be a next level journalist. If you spelled barriers, B E A R. For polar bears. Did you do that?
1: I did. That's, that's, that's pretty smart there pk i might have to use that for the future
0: well i tell you what i'm gonna have to contact the ledger independent and see if we can ask for uh, a get demotion some or something get some copyright
1: uh, on it get a patent. <laughs> um
0: i don't even care if you give me credit if you use it that's how much i care it just pumped in my mind but uh yeah and i can't say much else you mentioned you touched on everything with justin and you know a lot of people don't know the the high character and just the just what kind of kid he is off the court. And, you know, he's at every girl's basketball game supporting them. He line judges at 10th re- uh, volleyball games. I mean, probably the number one line judge in the state. I'd put him up against anybody. The energy he shows as line judge is just second to none. But just, you know, he kind of embodies just, you know, at Robertson County, just the community, the school and – you know, just a top-notch kid. But um, congratulations to both of those guys. And, um, you know, I'm curious to see what happens with Mr. Basketball, like you said. Um, A lot of great candidates. Um, Anytime you pick the, you know, candidate finalists from the 16 regions Players of the Year, you know, you're going to get a lot of competition. And um, it's just like you said, it'll be curious to see what happens the next couple weeks um, and how the play in the postseason may – dictate who people vote for or how people vote and to well, be honest with you people that aren't familiar with robertson county um need to be aware that um eight seniors graduated last year the winningest winning his class and justin's taking a whole new group of guys if he's able to get those guys to the regional tournament um then i think that just you know maybe adds another feather in his cap for those who uh, know the story and know how small Robertson County is and what he's been able to do as a player and leader this year. So um,
1: hats off to those guys. Yeah, I mean, that's that's another thing. I mean, the most impressive stat out of all of that is his record. I mean, 101 and 54 all time, you know, in games that he's played at Robertson County. And, you know, you, you, you consider a small school like that, you know, right around 100 kids, you know, in the high school, ninth through 12th grade. And you factor in that he's just a, a flat-out winner. Um, to just to add on to that, and you know, Jonathan- well,
0: and you know, I've I coached him for five years or four years, and um, people don't realize too that you know they want to make the argument. Well, he's from a small school. He's doing it against Class A schools. You know, we've played Scott, we've played Clark, we've played Mason, we've played Campbell. We've played the bigger schools in the region. We played in the Lexington tournament against Simon Kent and Frederick Douglass, um, and Hancock County a couple years ago. So he's done this against, um, you know, other competition besides class A schools. I mean, he scored 30 against Clark County a couple seasons ago. So, um, I don't want people to hold it against him that he goes to Robertson County or, or plays in a class A school because, you know, that's really out of his control and, um, you know, what he's done against some of the larger schools is nothing but produce as well.
1: Yeah. I mean that's a that's a great point. I mean, Justin can score anywhere, anytime, any place, any 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 game he's in. And, you know, to add on to that, you know, just the way that he, he, he goes about doing it. And then also, you know, you factor in you know, Mr. Basketball vote. You you'd mentioned you know what he does in the post. I think those ballots have to be in by Friday. So oh, okay. You know, the, the people have you know five more days to vote, and uh, it like like you said, it's gonna be an interesting vote. Uh, I think the, the couple other candidates is gonna be Turner Butchery from Bowling Green, uh, Mitchell Riley from uh, Covington Catholic, and then um you know Maker Bar from Ballard. But I think the factors with Region Four, which is where Turner butchery is. Kate Stinnett also won it from Greenwood. And you, you said you've seen him play, and he can flat out get it done. And then you also factor in the seventh region, Maker Bar from Ballard and Makai Smith from St. Xavier. Those two, you wonder if they cancel each other's votes out. And then if Justin can maybe pick up the eastern part of the vote. Listen to me, man. I sound like a, a, a politician getting ready to forecast. <laughs> the but if he can get the eastern part, you know, if he gets some of those votes from, from some of those over there. Because, you know, I think – Colin Porter not winning in the 16th when he reclassed this year and Brady Bell won it. Now that, that Colin Porter to me is like a top three candidate in the state now that he was a senior, but he's not on the ballot now. So that maybe takes some votes away. And you know, you factor in just other areas where that, be honest, the 2022 class, you know, it doesn't have that major headline or that major D1 prospect. You know, Butchery's going to Eastern Kentucky. Then you got a couple other guys that are going to you know mid-majors but there's not that number one like uk iu ohio state L. you know there's not that number one guy this year so it just kind of makes you wonder um well
0: like you talked about off the air you know like next year's class is super loaded and talented they got a caleb glenn going to louisville they got a reed shepherd going to kentucky um so you know this class doesn't have that and uh you know I've seen Turner Butchery play. I've seen Cade Stinette play. They both played with Justin and Manimal, both two phenomenal players. Um, Brady Bell played with Justin and Griffin Elite this summer. I've seen him play. you talking about an athlete that can just, you know, jump up out of the gym, dunk it on you, shoot the three. I thought he um, – I don't think he played one of his better games at the Fieldhouse this summer, I think, when Russell played um, there. But, you know, I know he's a phenomenal player, and there's a lot of, lot of great – you know, players across the state. So it's going to be fun. And, you know, one thing we try to tell Justin is, you know, in our eyes we think he's Mr. Basketball, obviously. But, uh, you know, just to be one of the 16 finalists in the state of Kentucky is already an honor. And, you know, soak it up, enjoy it. And, you know, it's something you can remember the rest of your life.
1: Yeah, and just one more thing added to the Coach of the Year, uh, Josh Cook, you know, at George Rogers Clark, I-, I think he's very well deserving to it. I-, I wanted to give him a shout. I mean, just because of the way – he was able to kind of garner that talent in and keep that group together throughout the whole season, undefeated in the state of Kentucky. And obviously they have an all-star team. I mean, those five guys that they have in their starting lineup could probably could start anywhere else in the state and and be very productive and and not only maybe be the best player on that team. You know, that's how how talented they are as, as a group. But to still be able to garner all that in, keep all the egos in check, and just keep everybody in line and in one focus of just basically winning basketball games. I mean, I think that speaks a lot for himself and what they were able to do this season. And I think he was a great candidate, but, you know, Adam's story and what they were able to do was to me just kind of help put it over the top as well.
0: And, you know, you hit the nail on the head. Coach Cook, you know, may have done one of his best coaching jobs this year because, you know, when you got five guys in the starting lineup that can all go for – 20 plus and most of them would average 20 plus on any other team and you're able to uh get them still to play defense share the ball um you know play great team basketball night in night out to where you go undefeated in the state of Kentucky and as you know their schedule hasn't been super easy um and yet you know to still go undefeated you know he's done a lot of things right and not to mention you you know you mentioned their first five and how good those guys are but You know, they bring off Hampton off the bench. He had seven threes in the second quarter one night. You know, a lefty guard, Rashawn Hampton. So, um, Sammy Hernandez also. They also got, you know, a few guys off the bench that add to that depth. And um, they're going to make a strong push to win the state this year. I firmly believe that. I really like their draw in the um, state tournament. I really like how it's set up for them. And, you know, one thing I know about Coach Cook, you know, he's relentless, you know, in preparing his team, and he'll have his team ready for the district tournament. He won't allow him to overlook that because if you go into one game now, you know, it's a one-game season. Everybody's zero and zero. Um, you overlook your opponent now, and, you know, you're always going to say what could have been. And he's going to continue to prepare his guys because he don't want that what could have been, you know, situation to arise. And um, if, they, if they do get to Rupp Arena, it's, you know, I really like, I like their bracket. I look for them to be playing on Saturday.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're they're set up for a deep run. You know, I and I think that, that'll be a good segue into getting into our predictions here, just starting with postseason play, because obviously, you know, they're in the region and they got to get through it first to get there. And uh, I think it's a good start. And I'm, I'm looking forward to looking at these districts because to me, I mean, some of these district tournaments, a lot of these two, three matchups in each district is, is going to be a... Uh, A coin flip pretty much and over the next couple days we're gonna be able to see kind of who's gonna make it into the region tournament and you know should be another fun competitive region tournament
0: and in a couple of those matchups you're referring to you know there's gonna be a team that potentially doesn't make the region that could win a game at the region you know with the right draw so um but yeah let's uh dip right into the 37 district um if I'm not mistaken, that'll be held at Campbell County Middle School. I think that's usually the site for all their games. Um, the 1-4, uh, Campbell and Calvary, uh, kind of a rough, rough spot for Calvary. Uh, I guess they had a three-way tie, and they were the big loser there in the coin flip or however they decided that, you know, Calvary's had back-to-back 21 seasons for the first time in school history. They've put together a remarkable run in the Class A with Coach Donaldson over the last few years, and uh, – I'm going to say that, you know, this game is a little bit closer than their, you know, regular season matchup. I don't think that regular season matchup score is indicative of, um, you know, how good Calvary can play. But uh, I still think a lot of stuff has to go right for Calvary and a lot of stuff has to go wrong for Campbell for Calvary to get the win. But um, I don't think it'll be as big of a margin as the first game.
1: Yeah, the Camels are rolling right now. And I think where Calvary, you know, missed out was was not beating Brossard two weeks ago when they could have clinched the two seed with the win there and avoided Campbell County because that's the one team in this district you obviously don't want to play. They've won eight straight district titles. And in the first matchup, it was just – it looked like a mismatch. I mean, Campbell County out-rebounded them 45-17. to You do that, you're going to win any game by a lot. And just like they did 92-45. to and that game was 20 days ago. When you factor in uh, when the game starts tomorrow, so well, I feel pretty good too. You know, you got to look at, at Campbell County. They won eight in a row, and, and guess what? Here we are, late in the season. I think we we saw this coming two months ago when they were losing, you know, three or four in a row by two or four, or that's a buzzer, and you know, we're like, all right, well, let's just wait till mid late February gets here. Campbell County's gonna get rolling, and. I expect them to kind of, you know, do the same thing here on on opening night when they take on Calvary Christian. Well,
0: not to mention, you know, you know, I don't know if you're referring to how many games they've won in a row leading up to this game because by my count it's nine, but they've won eight districts in a row. And I think, you know, that's kind of what you – I think you were referring to. uh, You know, we talked to Coach Russell a few weeks ago, and I think kind of gathering from what he said – he felt like this team was starting to turn the corner. I think you specifically asked him that question. Um, all the close losses, all the, uh, you know, just games being decided by one or two possessions. And I think he said that he felt like his team was ready to turn the corner. And, you know, that they've done, you know, with wins over Holmes, you know, Augusta, Scott, Calvary, a big win over Simon Kenton, uh, Ryle, uh, Beachwood, who's been really good in the past couple of years, they beat Beachwood on their home floor. So, um Like I said, Calvary's had a good run. I respect the job that Coach Donaldson does at Calvary, um, but it's kind of a shame that this senior class he has, I think he graduates seven or eight seniors, including Ethan Malling, Luke Rui, Caleb Howard, and some of these guys there. Um, It's just tough that we're not going to see that team in the regional tournament in my eyes, but if they knock off Campbell County tomorrow, then they deserve to be in the regional tournament.
1: Yeah, I mean, a great 21 season, like you said. Uh, Mulling and Rui are both going to be 1,000 point scorers. Uh, Mulling's going to play at the next level at Thomas Moore. So, you know, good career for those guys. But, um, I, you know, again, I just I, I see it being a very tough matchup for them. And, uh, you know, I, I guess my only thing is I would have just liked them to see see them play more regional opponents in the future. Uh, they only had. I think three games outside of all a and district games uh, playing with, against 10th region teams. And I know they do have those conferences they're tied into in Northern Kentucky where they play the Christian schools and, you know, the private school thing, but, you know, good season for them, you know, good careers for those guys. Uh, I just think it ends Tuesday night. And then um, I think the next, the next matchup's the one everyone's going to be looking forward to and well, and Brossard, you know, and, you know, I'm looking right now, of course, i
0: I put very little stock into the RPI, but, you know, Scott's got an RPI of 0445 four four Rossler's got an RPI of .442. And I think when these two teams played in the regular season, if I'm not mistaken, it was a two-point game. Wasn't it like 39-37? Scott
1: won 38-36 on January
0: 21st. 38-36, so – And that was at Bishop Brossard. So, we get two teams that, you know, are separated by, you know, percentage points in the RPI, um, two points, you know, on the court. And now we get a neutral court. I truly believe the better of the two teams will win that game because I think they're pretty even right now. But if I'm not mistaken, I think Bishop Brossard's played a little bit better as of late. Um, They played Mason County to a close game on February 10th. They won three in a row against Lewis, Ryle, and Bourbon. And they lost a a one-point heartbreaker to the, you know, Newport Central Catholic, who is a lot of times their competition for kids from the elementary schools, you know, in Alexandria. So They were up up 17 points
1: going into the fourth quarter in that game.
0: Against Newport Central Catholic? Yeah, they were up
1: big. Wow. Well, good comeback from Newport
0: Central Catholic. But I still feel like Coach Codes – um, Mustangs have been playing a little bit better as of late. Beat Calvary by 12 at Calvary. That's like beating them by 25 on a neutral court because Calvary's a tough place to play. But, um, I'm curious your thoughts on this. I'm, I've been riding the Scott train all year long. I've said multiple times throughout the year, Scott's way better than their record indicates. They're way better than what they're playing. Their talent level, you know, is too good to have the record they have. Um, but I think it all comes down, you know, to the postseason. And I'm going with another Scott Campbell 37 district final.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, looking at the first matchup, it was just a really weird game. Uh, Bishop Broster only attempted 26 shots the entire game. And How many free throws? Uh, just nine compared to Scott's 39 shots. So that tells me Broster turned it over a lot, uh, but shot it really well and still, you know, stayed within two points. So, Weird, weird, weird first matchup. I think this one will be a, a little bit crisper, but those two teams, they know each other so well. I mean, they probably scout each other so well to where they, they know what the other team's doing before they even know what they're doing. So, you know, Scott's, like you mentioned, Brosser's playing well down the stretch. They're four and three in their last seven. Some solid results. Scott's playing pretty good, too. They're five and five, but they started two and 15. So, you know, they're, they're starting to win a few more games. They played Cooper to a really tight game the other night, and Cooper's one of the top three or four teams in the ninth region. It was a three-point game going into the third. I think they ended up losing by seven or nine. But Scott's playing a lot better. I saw them play Robertson County last Saturday, and, you know, they dominated the second half. They ended up pulling away and win by 30-plus. So uh, this game, is, it's, it's, just a, it's a tough matchup, and, and it's really hard to call, but I'm going to give Scott a tight edge. I, I think Patterson and Hunter can do a good job on Govan who really impressed me. He's a, he's a, just a, a tough player down on the post. Uh, but I, I just like Scott's guard play a little bit better. Braden Howell can finish, you know, he gets it done. And and, and Mitchell Miner's a senior who I think, you know, they got one more good, good game in them. And, you know, I think in the championship I'm going to have to go with the Camels again for a ninth straight title. I think they're playing great. And, you know, I, I was incorrect. They've they won nine in a row and they've won eight straight district titles. So. Uh, I've got to go with just, you know, the Camels and, and Coach Russell and their pedigree and what they're able to do and go into the region tournament as a one seed. And then Scott will be the two seed. Well, um, just to kind of touch on, you know, this Brossard Scott,
0: I just think um, Brossard, you know, they got David Govan. And like you said, he's a nice player. And I think Mason C. Pate has uh, kind of contributed all year long to helping scoring-wise. But I think they're going to need one, maybe two more people to kind of help in the in the offensive category because Scott does have Cameron Patterson, who's capable. But, you know, Howe and Hunter are two nice, you know, high school basketball players. I just think Scott has, you know, more weapons when everything is kind of even. I just think they have more weapons. So that's kind of why I chose Scott. Um, and I'll tell you why I think um, – Eric Russell and the Camels win their ninth straight district, and this is no knock towards Coach Romare and Eagles, but I think that Coach Russell wants to stay away from GRC in the first round of the, of the regional tournament. As does every other, as does every other coach and team, but I think Coach Russell believes that um, you know he's the second best team in the region. Them and Mason are neck and neck, and I think he believes if he can get opposite of them and he gets in the run in the finals of the region. You know, he's played them as well as anybody has all year long in the first game of the year. I think Coach Russell believes in any kind of one-game situation, you know, he likes his chances. As, you know, he earned Mr. March for me several years ago. So, I do think Campbell County pulls out the the district championship for their ninth consecutive.
1: Yeah, I moved them up to number four in my – 10th region rankings the final one I've jumped them over Harrison I think they're a top four team I, I just can't give them the nod over Mason or Bracken yet simply off the head-to-head factor I know Harrison did beat them head-to-head but I just think Campbell's progressed enough to where they've jumped them and then like you said I think they're right there with Mason and Bracken as a top contender to take on GRC and you know I, I think um, they're going to come out of that district ahead they'll be the one seed and you know, I, I think we all look back and that two, three game between Scott and Brossard's can be the, the marquee game of, of that tournament to, to punch their ticket into the region tournament. And then, you know, the 38th, I, I think there's going to be in a similar situation. You know, I, I think we both unanimously would pick Harrison County to, to be the favorite by far in this district. But then you've got that two, three game between Robertson and Nicholas that to me is, is going to be another toss up. It's going to be a very tightly played game. And, uh, You know, we'll lead into the 38th, and I I think, you know, you you look at Harrison, their average margin of victory in their six wins, 36.6 points per game, not one game within 20 points. So, they're the dominant team in this district. Uh, I know the game's on Pendleton County's home floor, but they played literally 10 days ago, and the Breds beat them 77-27, so... it's just mentally tough to me would be hard to get over that. Like, dang, this team just beat me by 50, but you know, Pendleton also played them to the tightest game in the district too. And that was back on January 29th where it was 62 to 40 Harrison County beat them. So um, I think Pendleton's obviously going to put up a much better game. They'll be on their home floor, but Harrison's just, to me, the superior team in this district, and they're going to roll all the way through this thing. But I want to hear your thoughts you know, not, not only just on Harrison, but what this 2-3 game is going to offer us and if we should expect some more fireworks with maybe another buzzer beater or something. Um, Well, um, I I can't disagree with
0: what you said about Harrison County. Uh, you know, that matchup with Pendleton 77-27 just, you know, kind of makes me think that Harrison County's just kind of wanted everybody to know leading into the district tournament that they were the superior team and they kind of wanted to squash everybody's hope you know, sometimes you give a team hope, you know, they can run with it and make a game closer or should coach Brooks and his breads have done a great job all year long. I knew that the average margin of victory was 30 plus. I didn't realize it was 36. Um, you know, that's, that's running clock territory, you yeah. know, and for a district tournament, um, you know, Pendleton, well, I should say Robertson and Nicholas, you know, in my eyes are playing for second place and, This ain't, you know, um, me knocking either one of those teams or their coaches, but I think Harrison County's proved with their play in the regular season that they're primed and ready not only for a district championship, but to also, you know, kind of win them a first-round game in the regional tournament. And, you know, the Nicholas and Robertson County game, um, Coach Wrights always has a good game plan ready. And, you know, to stop Justin – or I should say, let me say this, attempt to contain Justin – I don't think anybody stops him. Um, but, you know, when they played at Robertson early on in the year, he put two people on Justin wherever they went, just physically beat him and banged him the entire game. And if I'm not mistaken, that was a, that was a fairly close game, maybe single digits, 7, 9,
1: 12. Yeah, Robertson won the first matchup uh, 76-67 on December 17th, and then Nicholas won – uh, last on Valentine's Day, fifty six, fifty four at the buzzer. So right, and um, I'll be honest
0: with you, um, I'm going to sound like a Robertson County Homer here, but I am. They pay my bills and they sign my paycheck, uh, but I really love Coach Wrights. I talked to Coach right before the season, and I really like his team. I like how they're young. I really like how they've had some – you know, they got 10 wins, I think, this year. I think they're starting to see some success to where they can build on that. But I watched the Robertson-Nicholas County game from February 14th, and I'm not so sure Robertson could have played any worse, and they still had a chance to win on Nicholas County's own floor. Um, hats off to uh, Preston Blake for – Kind of being in the right place at the right time. And, you know, if people watch that video on that tip, that wasn't just an easy put back underneath the basket. He kind of caught it directly off the rim, fading away to his left, and, you know, just made a tough uh, tip in for the win. And um, I'll tell you the one who's probably mo- most upset about that victory there is Sam Ellsberg, because um, that would have put him in the three game of three, get the two, three matchup if Roberts County wins that game. Um, neutral floor. Um, Justin wanting to return to the region. I just think he's going to be, you know, a man possessed. I think he's going to grab every rebound off the board. He's going to make his teammates better. He's going to score, score his fair share. And I just think Robertson County wins, but I think it'll be another single digit game and, you know, Robertson Harrison in the finals and everybody will remember what happened last year in the finals. You know, Roberts County wins an overtime, second straight district championship. I think Harrison County probably exacts revenge this year and, um, probably uh, cuts down the nets over in Falmouth.
1: Yeah, and I'm going to uh, agree with you on all of that. I, I think going back to the Robertson-Nicholas game, the key number I'm going to look at is 30. Um, first game, Robertson County gets 31 from their supporting cast, but Becker was just a man-child that night. He had 45 and 21. He was 15 and 21 from the field and 14 and 15 from the line. He got 31 from his supporting cast that game, and that was without Jacob Burton. Didn't play that. He was still hindered. You go to the second game, Becker had 33 and 12, more of a normal night for him. That's basically his numbers this year. And uh, he was 11 of 20 from the field. What stuck out, 9 of 16 from the line. So I think Justin, over this last week or so of the season, was fatigued, mentally drained from, try, you know, wanting to get that 3,000. And you know, that, that stuff takes a toll on you, you know, and, that game, they only got 24 from the supporting cast, so I think that number needs to be up towards 30. Justin, get his average game and, and hit his free throws. They're going to be fine, um, and then, you know, you also look at another dynamic player in Wyatt Clark, and, you know, the first game, he went off. He had 30, but they, you know, to me, they've gotten better numbers from their cast, where they got 37 in the first game, and then the second game, he only had 13 points. He was 5 of 13 in the field, didn't play that well, but they got 43 from the supporting cast, and Sexton had 19. So <coughs> Nichols County's playing really good. They're four and two in their last six. Wright's doing a good job getting them to 10 wins. And then the Black Devils, I mean, they're three and nine in their last 12. And I, I think a lot of that they they were playing three and four games a week the final couple weeks. And you know, between this game and their final game of the season, they got they got six days off here. I think Coach Massey will put together a great game plan for those guys. And I just I give the edge to, to the best player on the court and not wanting to go go down his career without getting to another region tournament. And um, I think Becker's going to get him there. And it's just, you know, go to the championship game. It's a very tough matchup for the Black Devils. You know, they've, they've got so many bodies they can throw at Becker, and they don't have to often double or triple team because those guys are so physical. And they can shadow with somebody that's 6'5", two, two or three feet away, you knowing on the help side he's right there. And it's a tough matchup for them, those two contests. You know, they, I think they beat him by 37 and then like 36 in the two meetings. So, well, and the, just the to play. kind of touch on,
0: um, you made a very good point about supporting Cass. And I also want to mention Wyatt Clark because the game I saw at Robertson County, he was, you know, that's when I, you know, my first chance of really seeing him play since he hit the six threes against Harrison, the district last year. And that's when, you know, my own eyes, I'm thinking, you know, this kid can play, he's young. He shoots the ball well. He can get to the rim. Just a phenomenal player. But you know, the one part of Robertson's supporting cast that's different now that they didn't really have going on is look at Josh Pulaski's play over the last couple of weeks. Um, uh, he had twenty-seven-one game, I think, when they went down to Estill County. He's had twenty a couple other times. He's shooting the ball really well. And yeah, Robertson County maybe three and nine. Excuse me, in their last twelve. But the last game of the season, they went to Calvary, and they won 47-44. And, um, you know, Calvary kind of beat them pretty, you know, good in the All-A. I'm not saying good like in blowing them out, but they beat them in the All-A to advance. And, um, you know, Robertson County went down there and got a win. And I think not only got a win, but also got some of their confidence back. And um, Jacob Burden... Being back not only helps the scoring punch a little bit, but he also helps rebounding, and and his length can help defend. And I really like your number of 30. If Roberts County's supporting cast can get 30, I think they'll be fine. Um, But Josh is just shooting the ball really well right now at a high percentage. And um, I just think those two right there, um, both being seniors, both getting ready. You know, Brady Boyd, somebody else we didn't mention who's played well, you know, but that's going to be a really good game. I kind of, it's going to be a lot like the uh, Scott Brossard um, two teams that have split this year that either team could win. I'm just, you know, I want to take Justin Becker because, like you said, he's the best player on the floor. And when the games are tight, you know, you look to see which team has the best player. And I think that's Robertson County.
1: We're six for six, man. We got to, we got to kind of have a disagreement here at some point. So, Maybe in the 39th we will. Maybe in the 39th we will because, you know, we got Mason Augusta and then we got St. Pat Bracken in the first-round matchups. I mean, obviously, I think we know who we're going to pick in Bracken St. Pat. But, um, you know, let's let's talk Mason Augusta first. what you think we'll see a similar game as last year's district tournament? It was ninety-five to eighty-nine. Mason County ends up winning, but Augusta shoots like close to seventy percent from the field. What, what's your what's your thoughts on this one? On, on on kind of how you see it playing out, and you know who you think's gonna come out on top? And, and this, you know, I think I think this is your, your game three of the four must see first round district tournament games, and this is number three. We've already hit on Scott brostert and Nicholas Robertson, and, and then this will be you know number three so what's your thoughts um i'm kind of torn here because one of coach henson's strengths
0: is you know preparing for one game put a game plan together for one game um his teams always play extremely well in the postseason um you know i think they're playing really well right now they've won several games in a row here at the end of the year um rally maston coming back from injury starting to play really well lj connor's been playing well. Um, Kylan Henson's averaging 20-plus points a game the last several. Um, I think if it gets up into the 80s and 90s, um, I think that probably doesn't suit Augusta kind of like last year. The thing that's in my mind is I think Augusta has enough talent top to bottom to beat Mason County. Um, But the thing that keeps sticking out to me is Augusta played damn near a perfect game last year in the district tournament. And I remember when we finished our game at Pendleton, I turned on the radio and started listening and Augusta was up 10 in the fourth quarter. You know, I think Augusta played pretty much a perfect game and still wasn't able to pull it out. Mason County, who I think, you know, it's hard to say they haven't really been playing real well because they've still been winning games. Um, Grant County's a tough team. They win at home. Um, they went to Scott County, started out of the gates a little slow, and came back and beat them on the road. Um, Brian Kirk, who I've tabbed several times in the past, you all probably heard me say it, I think he's probably the best coach in the region. Um, I like what he does. Um, he, he's got two bona fide stars. And Henry and Mitchell, Augusta's got Kason Henson and Riley Mastin. Um, but just from watching that game on Maysville night, and granted, there's a lot of things going on that night, um, a lot of energy in the building, a lot of Bulldog energy in the building. And I think, you know, wearing the black and gold kind of increased that energy and that hype. And, you know, Mason County got, uh, what, six threes from Barely? Multiple threes from KG Walton. They, I'm saying right now that they don't repeat that performance. I, I'm gonna go on the record and say I still think Mason County wins the game. I think I won't be shocked if Augusta beats them. I, I hope you know I'm a Panther, uh, Panther alum. I hope Coach Henson plays this first team on the way over to the Fieldhouse for motivation. Um, but I, I just I think Mason County on their home floor, and you know. Terrell Henry's you know I just I feel like Mason kind of gets this whammed, but I promise you it'll be a different ball game than what we
1: saw on Bulldog night yeah I'm with you there I don't see it being as high scoring either um one thing Mason County's really honed in on recently is just how well they've been on the defensive side of the ball too I think ever since the new year hit they haven't allowed more than 70 points in a game and you know they put some really top quality opponents during that stretch too and Like you said, they're still winning basketball games, uh, despite how maybe not up to their expectations of high level of play. But if you would have told me on January 25th that these two were going to play each other, I would have probably told you Mason County wins by at least 20. Um, But since then, Augusta, they're 7-1 and since, and they've got some pretty decent wins in that stretch. They've beaten Scott. They've beaten Calvary Christian. Um, Their only loss was to Harrison County in a tight game on the road. So – They've really amped up their play. Um, but, again, I, I just think Mason County's the, the better team here. Yeah, you're probably not going to get 11 three-pointers from Philip Beerley and, and K.G. Walton this time around. But I, I think they're starting to realize their kind of set roles where maybe for a while some of those guys didn't quite honestly know what they were supposed to do. But Braylon Hamilton's providing a scoring thread off the bench. Terrell Henry and Nate Mitchell are obviously doing their things. Nate's ramped up his play. Uh, this last week of the season, and Terrell's just Mr. Consistent, um, you know, I made a joke where, you know, he's he's about as guaranteeing as a uh, extension on your auto warranty daily phone call. You know, he's going to get you 20 and six and shoot a high percentage and, you know, do all the intangible stuff, too, whether it be bring the ball to the floor or guard the, uh, guard the opponent's best player on the other end. and I think the factor of, of him being the best player on the floor in that game is, is going to be a difference. And like you said, Augusta has got four guys that can flat out get it done. I mean, they can get double figures for you between Kylan, Riley, um, Kaysen and, and LJ and you know, LJ has a different dimension to them too, where he, he brings that athleticism and can score off the dribble. And, you know, a lot of those other guys, they kind of, you know, sometimes need some set plays for them or screens to, to get open and, and get their own shots. So
0: what I'm I'm going to be looking for is, of course, we didn't mention Connor Snap. He's had big games in the postseason in the past. He's Mm -hmm. been knocking down the three, I think, about 40%. So Connor Snap's also capable of getting double figures. But I think what the difference is going to be and what I'm going to watch for in this matchup is, um, does Augusta have good enough consistent guard play for 32 minutes to handle Mason County's pressure. We know what Mason County's going to do. They're going to pressure them for 32 minutes. Mason County's got depth. They got quickness. They got aggressiveness. Um, Butler can guard the ball. KG Walton can guard the ball. Nate can guard the ball. Terrell can guard all five positions on the floor. Um, And this is where I think Augusta, you know, Snap's going to have to handle the ball some. Connor's going to have to handle the ball some. I don't think Kaysen can handle it the entire game against that full-court pressure without being fatigued and tired. Um, and can can Connor and – well, Connor. Connor Snap, LJ Connor. That's kind of confusing. But I'm talking about can LJ Connor and Connor Snap help out enough handling the ball that, you know, they limit their turnovers and don't let Mason County kind of get out in transition. Because mm-hmm. – Well, and because who's Augusta's first guard off the bench?
1: Augusta usually goes with Will Kelch and Evan Brooks. Yeah, there isn't one. Those guys aren't handling the ball. Right. No, I think that's a great point, and that was the big difference in the first game too, and that was also the the huge difference in the fourth quarter last year in the district tournament. Julius Booker comes in, and I guarantee guarantee you, he probably forced four or five turnovers within a two-minute stretch, and a 10-point deficit suddenly goes into a a one-point Mason County lead within – you know, two or three minutes. So that's just how dangerous they are. Obviously, going to be on their home floor. And again, I'm I'm with you. We're, we're seven for seven now. Well, I and I going. want to
0: ask um, you. You probably know this, but I've noticed that KG Walton hadn't been in some box scores. Is he
1: injured? Yeah, he just he just missed the last game. Um, he he okay. played uh, he played the Scott County game. I guess he tweaked something, and they held him out on Thursday for a precaution. So pretty sure he'll be good to go on Tuesday night and I think it's it's going to be a great game um, I think the uh, atmosphere is gonna be great I think we haven't really experienced that quite in a while in terms of you know that playoff atmosphere uh, last year everything was obviously limited but they still provided us a great game and I expect another one Tuesday night which I think you know will, will set us up for a Mason County Bracken County District Championship and you know my quick thoughts on the Saints, I thought they had a good season. They really improved gradually. Last year, they were 1-24, getting beat by 30-plus every game. Uh, this year, they've won five games, and, and their losing margin is around 18 points per game. So, you know, they're a lot more competitive this year. Uh, I don't think, you know, Chase Walton, Alan Bersani, or those five seniors, will go down without fighting. And, um, you know, but I just think the, the guys on the other side are, are just determined and um, very – quick and just a, a dangerous and lethal basketball team in Bracken County. Obviously the Reed brothers, it starts there. And I think that'll be a good game for, for the complimentary pieces around them to get their confidence up and, and get going too. And, but I, I think eventually that one can get, could very well um, get out of hand quickly, but um, I expect the saints to, to battle. And I think it'll be a little bit more competitive maybe than what people think.
0: Well, and you said exactly what I was going to say and hats off to coach Tony Moore and the job he's done this year. Um, like you said, they increased their win total. Their defeat margin has decreased as well. Um, you know, I've kind of – I learned to respect Coach Moore and St. Pat when I watched them play Robertson not too long ago. And, you know, the game's definitely out of hand. Um, or I should say the score was out of hand. And um, I noticed he had three or four guys still diving on the floor after loose balls, you know, jumping in the stands to save balls, taking charges, you know, battling two or three people for rebounds. And I just thought, you know, that says a lot about him as a coach, a lot about those kids, you know, and their character, how knowing the game's over, knowing that they don't have a chance to win, but yet they're still out there competing for every loose ball, every possession. And that just tells me those those kids have some fight in them and some competitiveness. And, you know, I guess tomorrow's not going to be any different. They're going to go over there. They're going to fight and they're going to compete and they're going to play hard. But I just think, you know, Blake and Caden Reed are just too much for the Saints. You know, I don't think it matters if St. Pat's zones are – you know, plays man to man. I just think you know those two guys can score at a real high clip, and that allows them to, you know, get up and down the floor some too. And it'll. I think Brighton County will be high scoring, but I, you kind of stole my thunder. I was going to say it'd be a good game for Coach Reed to kind of get Garrett Reynolds some minutes and see if he can get his shot going, and you know maybe Devonte can get going, and um, we know what Peyton Tully's going to bring. He's just a workhorse in the middle. He's going to finish on some offensive rebounds or some dump downs. But uh, I really, you know, look for Coach Reed to probably get his role players some uh, key minutes and in, in varsity action. And not only that, but maybe putting them in different situations and you know different possessions to where they can play or positions, I should say, to where they can be successful. And maybe gain some confidence because that game on Thursday night, I believe it, Thursday night, yeah. Mason Bracken and. Um, that's going to be a fun one. I hope, uh, hope everybody in the surrounding area comes out for that. Um, the one thing about the 39th district, their fans love their basketball. Um, I look for the Augusta Mason to be well attended, as well as the finals on Thursday in my prediction, Bracken and Mason. and I look for that game to be, you know, well attended. So the key is here, and who's going to determine who I pick to win this game, Does Bracken want to play Mason more, or does Mason want to play Bracken more? I think both teams are chomping at the bit to play each other, but I think Bracken County is a little bit hungrier to play the Royals. I'm going with Bracken County to win the 39th district. Hey, there we go.
1: We got one disagreement, finally. We get there. (laughs) No, man, this is going to be a great game. I mean, it's – you know, I I talked to Travis Skaggs at WFTM and – you just get excited. Your blood starts flowing when you start talking about a game like this, just in terms of what will be at stake. Um, you know, to Mason County, it's another district tournament game. You know, I think it – to me, it means more to Bracken County. Now, obviously, Mason County is going to want to win just because of the talk that surrounded Bracken County this season. And maybe, you know, Mason County feels a little bit overlooked in their own district. But uh, this will be your get-your-popcorn-ready type game, electric atmosphere, um, two – Couple high scoring players that just get it done. You know, I think the two and two offset each other. When you got Terrell and Nate and Caden and Blake, they're different positions, obviously, and do different things for their teams. But in terms of how much they mean to their team, those two obviously stick out than everybody else. Now, where it comes in it is going to be those role players from spots three through eight, or however many it is for for each rotation. You know, when I've seen Bracken County do really well they're getting eight or ten from Devonte jefferson they're getting six or eight from jashad commodore with seven or eight rebounds you know austin norton's knocking down a three here or there and you obviously know what you're going to get from him on the defensive end and like you said you've got garrett reynolds and then Peyton toley and, and grant free those three kind of providing some depth as well where Peyton and garrett you know what they're going to do they're going to bang in the post they're going to provide you those tough minutes and be those guys in in the in the, in the paint. Other side, no. it's the same exact thing. You know, you got KG Walton and Philip Bailey. You know, those two guys have obviously have their roles. Mason Butler, Julius Booker. You know, those those four, a- along with you know Terrell and Nate. And I'm also I'm forgetting someone from Mason. I can't even think right now. I want to say you know Landon Silly also provides some big minutes. So or Braylon Hamilton. Yeah, Braylon and- Hamilton too. Yeah. So those those six with the other Bracken six, you know, who, who gets the upper hand in that game? And, you know, cause Blake and Kate are going to do their thing. Terrell and Nate are going to do their thing. They're going to get theirs in a game like that. It's just a matter, I think of of where those other pieces fall in. And I just give the slight edge just to me, it's more mental than anything. Um, They beat Bracken County 31 straight times. So I think you've got to, you got to beat them first in order for me to be able to pick you over that. Obviously, those guys weren't weren't a part of probably twenty nine or thirty of those meetings, you know. But I, if I I'm not mistaken, you're
0: if I'm not mistaken, Coach Reed beat Mason County as
1: a player. Yeah, I think it was in '99, the year they won the district championship, but they weren't in the same district. It was right, right. The 38th then. Coach Reed, the one thing I think
0: he that you can't really hold this team to that you could most is. Um, I don't think Coach Reed cares if they lost 31 straight. Neither, you know? do, neither do Blake or Caden, you know. And, <laughs> and here's my difference. And, you know, I think one advantage Mason County has is their depth. Um, I think they can bring in guys and role players who contribute more on the offensive end that can help a Nate Mitchell and a Terrell Henry in the scoring load. Bracken County's role players are more of, you know, going will get some scrap buckets underneath on offensive rebounds um Austin may knock down a three Devonte is going to benefit off Blake and Caden's you know penetration or you know his athleticism allows him to get some putbacks or whatever they're more of a defensive group but and I think the difference of the game is from what I've seen Mason County relies a lot on their defense their pressure to create some transition opportunities to uh kind of uh, turn teams over. I don't think you can turn Blake and Caden Reed over consistently. That's going to lead to a lot of transition opportunities. Um, You know, if you remember in the regional tournament last year, I think everybody thought Campbell County was going to walk in and just kind of have their way with Bracken County. Oh, Bracken County ain't got no size. Campbell's got Des Davey. They've got Aiden Hamilton, blah, blah, blah. But just the way Blake and Caden kind of controlled it from the guard position – you know, they had chances to win in regulation and overtime. I just don't think Mason County can cause those two to turn it over at um enough that's going to lead to a lot of transition points. And, you know, Blake is – I mean, he's scoring the ball. I mean, he's putting up video game numbers. I you mean, know, 45 here, 30-some here. I mean, he's just – and I think in a two-game stretch, he made like 19 three-pointers. And I used to say as a coach – that he's one of the single hardest players to defend because he can hit the three. If you take the three away, he can finish around the rim right and left-handed. You foul him, he gets to the line. I used to think pick your poison, let him shoot the three. You know, I think he's proved this year that that's not a, uh, a good way to guard him either. Cause he's, he's been making a lot of threes and he's been shooting them at a pretty high percentage.
1: No, you're, you're exactly right. It's going to be fun to see how many bodies get thrown at him. I mean, you know, probably Mason Butler, uh, KG Walton, Julius Booker. I mean, how many how many different guys are they going to throw at him? You know, and then you got to worry about Caden too. You know, so. And the one time,
0: the one time I really saw Blake struggle, um, you know, and he still ended up getting twenty was against Clark County. Clark County was able to put Jerome Morton on him, who's six three or four with long arms and just as quick as Blake Reed, and I think his size and his length really, you know, made Blake struggle. And like I said, Blake got 20, but I think he got to the line 12 or 13 times, you know, free throw line to get the 20. I think a lot will be dictated by what the referees allow the defense to get away with. You know, if they allow you to bump a little bit and Mason County can throw those bodies at Blake and eventually wear him down, then I think that advantage is Mason County. Um, because yeah, they, have, they have the ability, like you said, Mason Butler, Julius Booker, they can fight Nate Mitchell. They can guard, you know, KG Walton. Terrell can probably guard for a little bit if he has to. I, You know, I just want to say I'm going to pick Bracken County to win the district. I just think, you know, they're playing well right now. They're hungry. I think they've been told for so many years that they couldn't win a district with Mason County. Um, so I just feel like, you know, they're hungrier. Now, what you mentioned earlier, too, uh, you know, with Mason County, Mason County's kind of in a no-win situation. They have more to lose than they do to gain. Um, people's going to say, well, yeah, Mason County should win that district. They're larger than the other three schools combined. You know, I think they have more to lose than they do to gain, um, which may prompt them to play a lot harder. Um, who knows, but uh, – I won't be shocked if Augusta, Mason, or Bracken are cutting down the nets on Thursday. I think this district has a lot of parity. I think they have three very good teams, and
1: it's going to be sad that one of those three teams don't get a chance to play in the regional tournament. I'll be there for all that can't wait, you know. And, you know, on the record, obviously, I'll, I'll, like I said, I'll pick Mason. I think that's our first disagreement of the evening. So we're eight for nine, and, you know, that leads us into the 40th, where, you know, obviously I think we know who's going to be cutting down the nets Thursday night at Montgomery County, but the, the highlighted game is, is Paris and Montgomery County. I think that's the fourth of the four must watch first round district tournament games. And that's going to be Paris at Montgomery County uh, on Tuesday night. Montgomery County won the first two, both tight matchups. Uh, they ended up pulled away in the first one 76 57 on January 18th. And then a week later, a very tight one where MoCo won 59 53. So Two very good matchups or, you know, a very good matchup there. And uh, one where I- I've got to give the nod to the team on their home floor in Montgomery County. Harris has been playing really good lately. Um, Dr. Sports, obviously I correspond with him. Ivan Rice down there in Bourbon County. And uh, quick shout out to him. And, you know, he says Harris is playing really well. And don't be surprised if-, if they come out ahead in that game. So um, that's one where, you know, I- I'm going to be watching that one closely. But I'm going to give MoCo the upper hand on, on their home floor. And before we get into the other game, which will be very, I'm sure, short, short, short to be talked about, but uh, you know, I'll go with MoCo on their home floor to get to get in the region tournament. And you know, if if Ivan
0: Rice, who I you know the doctor of sports, was the only person I'd heard say that, you know, don't be shocked if Paris wins that game, I'd say, oh, he's a homer, he's blowing smoke. But I've heard a lot of people say that. Um, yeah. I've heard multiple people mention how well Paris is playing. Um, John Bentley, who I think is a a phenomenal X's and O's execution type coach, um, his first year with Montgomery County, it's hard to judge, you know, him based on this season here. Um, I really think he's going to turn Montgomery around to where they're competing again at a high level. Um, the RPI says that Montgomery should be favored 11 points and with it being on their home floor, um, I think they're clearly the better team. Um, Will I be shocked if Paris beats them? No, but i also going with Montgomery County and um, this game here because, you know, there are two games in the regular season, you know, head-to-head kind of gives you a good sample of what to expect, and then it's on their home floor. So I just feel like, you know, I got to go with Montgomery County there. And, you know, Bourbon and Clark, um, I'm a big, huge fan of Lamont Campbell. I'm a huge fan and you know how well he always responds to me willing to come on the podcast, uh, great participation within the region, just a great coach to be around. And I think he'd be the first to tell you that this season, um, didn't go as he had planned. Um, a lot of things happened throughout the year of, you know, players quitting. And, um, just, you know, I think a player he was banking on ended up not, you know, not playing there, but playing for another school. And, um, I just don't think this season was one that he really – or I don't think it went as he expected. And, um, you know, to be the fourth seed and to play GRC, the number one team in the state in the first round, it's just – you know, I think GRC could probably name that score.
1: Yeah, pick a number game. (laughs) Uh, GRC won by 48 on January 11th and then by 44 on January 25th. Get this, their average margin of victory in the district in the six games is 50 and a half points. So I think the question is, is every game going to get to a running clock? So obviously, you know, we're going to pick DRC (laughs) in the first round. And then uh, MoCo, you know, it's a heated rivalry. Uh, No love lost there. I think that one gets a little tighter. You know, maybe, I think Bentley's something good up for those guys. Trey Carroll, um, you know, Luke Fonz, good duo there. Those guys have been playing well. And, uh, you know, I think Montgomery County, it'll be a plus for them if, if, if they do get to the region tournament this year. Um, I think this was kind of a build-up year. They start, you know, three juniors and two eighth graders. So, a young team that will have everybody back next year. And I think they'll give Clark a better challenge next year. But it's obviously all about the Cardinals this year. And, you know, I think it's just a question of, of how close, um, you know, either Bourbon or Montgomery can keep it uh, this week. We have another disagreement. Yeah, right. We have
0: another disagreement, but it's not on who wins that game. I don't think it's any closer than it was in the regular season. That's why we're going to disagree. Um, I just think, you know, yeah, it's in Montgomery County. Yeah. It's the finals of the district. I do have belief in, uh, coach Bentley, that he can put a scheme together. Um, Luke Fawns is an eighth grader. Who's had a great season. Um, you know, Trey Carroll also, like you said, has had a great season. But I watched that GRC defense against guards like Blake and Caden Reed and how how much they turned Bracken County over, um, who I feel like has very strong guard play, and how it led to transition points. The only reason it stays closer is if Coach Cook wants it to stay closer. And that and what I mean by that is – Not disrespecting Montgomery County, like I said. I just think Clark County is that good. They're number one in the state for a reason. Um, But Coach Cook may want to play Rashawn Hampton a lot. May want to play Sammy Hernandez. May want to play some of those other guys off the bench in case, you know, foul trouble comes in the regional tournament or foul trouble comes on down the line in the regional finals or maybe even Rupp Arena. He wants to get those guys some valuable minutes and – um, I think that starting five will have a lead large enough that he'll be able to do that, and um, I still think it'll get running
1: clock. Yeah, I mean, I, it's hard to disagree, you know, when you factor in, since they won the tournament at Cath when they beat Ballard to basically cement themselves as number one in the state, they've had one game decided by 10 points or less, and that was a nine-point victory at Great Crossing on January 30th, and you look at this last week, Tate's Creek played them tough. It was a six-point game at halftime. I want to say it was like 9 or 11 going into the fourth, and then GRC ends up pulling away, wins by 18. But that was probably a the game they really needed because you factor in this week and what they can possibly do in the 10th region tournament, that could be five straight games where they're winning by a very sound margin going into the state tournament to where you got your guys feeling all high and you know mighty and – just thinking they can show up and beat anyone by 20 or 30. And, uh, you know, it makes you wonder, you know, how dominant they are and, you know, w- when will they have a close game? So, you know, Clark's the class. And I think, you know, we agree on most of our picks here. And I think it's going to be a great week. Well, I'm I'm definitely excited. You know, that's
0: getting close to my favorite time of the year. And that's a uh, high school postseason going right into March Madness of NCAA and, um, but the thing with Clark County that I think makes it – and I think Clark Kellogg uses this word a lot, but spurtability. I mean, you can keep it close, like you said, six-point game at the half, maybe whatever, but they can put up a 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 20-point run in, you know, two to four minutes, and their defense always seems locked in and engaged. You know, to beat a team like Clark County – um, you know, a lot of times teams act good, you know, they're great offensively, but they can have a bad defensive night. I don't think I've seen them or I've heard about them having a bad defensive night, which also credit Coach Cook for keeping those guys locked in and engaged to I where
1: – I got a good question for you while we're kind of in dominance. You've no, because I, I think you're going to steal my question. You've been around the 10th longer than me, obviously. I've only been here since the 2015-16 season – Best team I ever saw was that Campbell County team that made it to the Final Four with Reed Jolly and uh, Drew Wilson and and those guys. Just dudes, man. They were so good. And and close, Tanner Close, those three. Um, That was probably the best team I saw. But I I think this Clark team would beat that team. So, in my time here, it's the most dominant team. Obviously, the question for you is, you know, you've probably been into the 10th region since, what, early, mid-90s in terms of interested into it. You've seen a couple state champions in the 03 and 08 Mason County teams, uh, a couple other teams, the Montgomery County team from, I think, 2012, Pops in my head with Omar Pruitt. You, um, you Again, you'd be able to kind of fill me in more on 10, all-time 10th region teams and, and where they might be able to rank if they if they can do this thing and, and run through the postseason. Well, it's funny
0: because I was leading up to that. I was going to ask you where you felt like in 10th region history this team ranks. And, you know, obviously, if you look at, you know, Lofton's team, you know, he had Jared Litzinger and Dustin Grutza. and then you got Darius's team. And, you know, with Trek Setty, Ethan King, and or Trevor Setti, I'm sorry, Ethan King. And um, I don't think the Montgomery County 12 team with Omar Pruitt um, is in the same ballpark as this Clark County team. And okay. we may have some recent recently bias here because they're fresh on our mind, but, um, it's the, in my opinion, they've got to be, if they go on to win the state, I think they have a case to be right up there with, um, the two Mason County teams that won the state. Uh, they're definitely the, you know, Clark County won a region, I think with Preston Knowles and, um, also have one, I think maybe a Robbie stencil Vinny Zolo and that bunch. Um, but this team right here, man, I just I just think they have every necessary piece to make a deep run at Rupp Arena. And um, I'll kind of, you know, it'll kind of be unfortunate if they don't get that opportunity, if they were to get knocked off in the regional tournament. I don't see that happening. I don't foresee that happening. But stranger things have happened in the 10th region of March. But um, just their dominance. I mean, average margin of victory within their district is over 50. Man, that's nuts. I mean, that's crazy. But um, it's hard for me to say, but I think they would probably be as good. And I'm, I'm never betting against Chris Lofton. I don't care if you're playing cornhole in the backyard. I don't care if you're playing Connect Four at the supper table. So I'm not picking, betting against Chris
1: Lofton. You're picking 03 Mason County over 08 Mason County? Yes. Okay. Because of, because of you're Chris pick- Lofton. You got to mention Wes Jones in there too in 03, because he was a junior. Like he was,
0: Oh, West Jones, so. Andrew Tibbs, um, those guys. I mean, they were tough. But West Jones, <laughs> if he didn't play with Chris Lofton, I mean, people would still be talking about him, and some people
1: still are talking about him. But so that, he was is phenomenal. It fair to say that's probably the top team. From I mean, <laughs> obviously there's only been three ten. There's only been three state champions out of the tenth region. It's all from Maysville. You know, one, the Maysville Bulldogs won one, and then Mason County got there too. So, I mean, I guess, you know, they would have to probably win it all just to even be in that discussion. Cause to me, you, you got to be the top team in the state. So, and that's why I'm saying they, comparing, if, that, if they if go on to win th- it all, then they have to be in the top three if they go on to win it all. But that'd be a fun matchup. I mean, like if you could like video game that, like do 03 Mason County versus this year Clark County, like and take their attributes, like. You know, there's Lawson. probably
0: a there's probably a website out there you could input a roster of their attributes and their averages
1: and run a simulator. That'd be unreal. I might have to try and look into that or something. To do something.
0: Well, I I know there used to be a, a college basketball simulator you could pick like uh, Bill mm-hmm. Walt UCLA team versus the 2012 Kentucky team. Yeah. But that's already input. If you could customize it, that that would be great. We might be onto something there. Won't you
1: design that? And we'll, we'll yeah. take credit for them. We'll sit back and get rich. But If I um, could design that, I wouldn't be on this podcast, man. I'd be, <laughs> I'd, be, I'd, be, I'd be in a high-rise building somewhere making probably four times what i make right now. <laughs> but, you know, and I agree with you. Um,
0: they have to win the state to be in consideration. Um, but, you know, one of my favorite teams, honestly, would be that Campbell County team. Just the respect I've got for Reed Jolly and just, you know, He's a winner, and Tanner Close, like you said, Drew Wilson, just a phenomenal three-headed monster there. But you know, they fell a little bit short there, I think, in the semis to the eventual state champion,
1: and um,
0: and it was Trinity. a close
1: game. David Johnson and Trinity's team. They had they had the ball. There was like uh, I don't know, 19 seconds left, and they had a ball out underneath and got a shot up. But I think it was Jolly got a shot blocked, loose ball. Then like it was weird at the end, like they didn't foul. They tried to foul and then the buzzer went off, but still, I mean they ended up losing by one, but it was a really really good game. A really tight game. And um you know, you Are you aware? Team. Are you
0: aware next week podcast we'll be previewing we'll be previewing the regional tournament?
1: Looking forward to it, man. I mean, I got uh let's see, two, four, five, seven, probably eight games to cover this week before then. So well, let's,
0: well let's this week. <laughs> well, right, but I'm just sitting here thinking, you know, just if you're a fan of 10th Region basketball and high school basketball, these next two weeks are, yeah, you know, kind of like Christmas morning, and you know, obviously I will say, I mean,
1: Just my six years of doing this, you know, the 10th. So many fireworks get provided every year. I mean, there's going to be one one upset, I think, but this year I don't know. Like, there's two, three games to me. They're all kind of for the four must see games I was talking about. Where if one beat the other. We wouldn't be like, oh my god, they shocked the world. Where well, and I know we're getting close to our
0: time here, but that's one thing yeah. I wanted to talk about. Um, out of those two, three matchups, you know, I don't really consider Scott or Brossert whoever wins that an upset. No, uh, I Nicholas think if I, gu- I think, I think if Augusta were to beat Mason, it would be an upset. Yeah, um, I know Nicholas and Robertson have split, but I still think Robertson's the better team. I would think it'd be a minor upset if Nicholas, but I think um, Paris Montgomery and Augusta Mason, I think are the two that kind of interest me the most.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I think that kind of ranks up there and, you know, I'll get to cover the 39th and then most likely the 38th um, on how my schedule works out this week. So, you know, hope to see everybody at a gym near you, you know.
0: Well, normally I would ask you if there's a chance of any one and four upset, but I don't think we have it in the 10th this year. So we'll bypass that. But uh, just just let everybody know, um, the Coaches Association 10th Region – all tur- or not all tournament, sorry, 10th Region, all-region teams will be released tomorrow afternoon. Um, coaches have turned in their ballots. Ballots are being tabulated and we'll release um, – First, second, third team, honorable mention as well as Coach of the Year. So, um, those of you that listen to this before tomorrow afternoon, stay tuned for that, and we'll have that out. I will send those to Evan as soon as I have him, and he will release those. And um, then, you know, we can kind of compare those to what we did as well as, you know, just kind of for fun to see if the coaches think the way we think as far as the all-region teams.
1: Sounds good.
0: All right, uh, another fun week, Evan. Thanks for your time. And guys, get out there this week. Support high school 10th region basketball. A lot of good games on tap. Um, Stay tuned and stay hot.